0: Welcome to World Footprints Radio, the show where we celebrate responsible travel, culture, and heritage, featuring your hosts, Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick. Now, World Footprints Radio.
1: It's a great day to travel. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us today on World Footprints Radio. We're your hosts, Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick, broadcasting from our studio in the metro Washington, D.C. area. And today we have a very special show just for the girls. Uh, We're going to talk about girlfriends, getaways, and mother-daughters, just women travel uh, with some very, very special guests.
0: And topping today's show, the best-selling author of The Secret Life of Bees, Sue Monk Kidd and her daughter Ann Kidd-Taylor stop in to share some memories of their transformational travels together, which they chronicle in a new book, Traveling with Pomegranates, and they join us today for an introspective conversation.
1: You know, what's really interesting about this book, Traveling with Pomegranates, this was a trip that Sue and Anne took at a time when they were both at crossroads, but also before Sue actually wrote The Secret Life of Bees. I mean, the book that really put her on the map and turned into uh, a blockbuster uh, film with with stars like Queen Latifah and I mean oh my goodness Dakota Fanning. It was actually this trip that helped. Her formula is a storyline for Secret Life of Bees.
0: And it's a very interesting story that the two share. And good friend Mary Beth Bond also knows a thing or two about mother-daughter travel. Mary Beth is a woman's travel expert and the award-winning author of several books, including 50 Best Girlfriends Getaways, Gutsy Women, and Best Girlfriends Getaways Worldwide. She'll join us to talk about how women can get the most out of a girlfriend's getaway and the charity bike ride that she did with her daughters. As always, if you have a question or comment, email us at comments at worldfootprints.com.
1: And certainly we look forward to connecting with you during the week on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and, of course, you can take us with you anywhere on our Stitcher platform, all uh, which you can find from our website, worldfootprints.com. And if you haven't been to the website recently, we've made a ton of changes, including a great travel portal, uh, travel deals page, a travel marketplace uh, page that highlights the best and latest travel deals out there. It's great. Sue Monk Kidd is an acclaimed New York Times bestselling author. Her novel, The Secret Life of Bees, has sold six million copies and was turned into a box office hit movie that featured a star-studded cast. Before all of her literary acclaim from 1998 to 2000, when the idea for Bees was just an image in her head, Sue traveled around the world with her daughter and Kid Taylor, and the pair embarked on a purposeful journey of self-discovery at a time when they were both at crossroads. Both Sue and Anne offer an intimate glimpse into their lives in their new memoir entitled Traveling with Pomegranates, and they join us today to share their reflections and experiences. Welcome, Sue and Anne. Sue, just to offer a little bit of background to this book, you were at a crossroads in your life. Tell us a little bit about where you were and what prompted you to embark on this worldwide journey with your daughter, Anne.
2: It was the summer that I turned 50 years old, and I really was at a crossroads in many ways. Um, You know, it's a big transition for women. Somehow that becomes the mark, you know, turning 50. It's a real initiation somehow in our culture, uh, that magic number. And so I was facing that, plus my writing had sort of gone to seed, and um, I was in a creative vacuum and I was really not sure what to do with the rest of my life. And a lot of women begin to reinvent themselves at 50, and that was what I somehow sensed inside that I needed to do. So this prompted a lot of wanting to uh, break out of the familiar pattern and go away on what became an initiation journey, I guess, to Greece.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Anne was graduating from college that summer, and... I invited her as her graduation present to come along with me, and that's how the two of us came to take off together uh, for Greece and Turkey that summer, and it would be a journey that would really change our lives.
1: Now, your your title, Traveling with Pomegranates, takes its title from an ancient uh, Greek myth. Tell us about this myth and how it really related to your journey.
4: Well, this is Anne. Um, we encountered uh, the, the pomegranate as part of the Demeter Persephone myth while we were in Athens on our, our first trip there together. Um, My mom writes about being in the uh, museum in Athens and seeing a relief of Demeter and Persephone and and being struck by that. Um, And, you know, kind of, it it wasn't on our program, but we found our way to Eleusis, which is this ancient site of the Eleusinian mysteries, um, which uh, people reenacted this myth of Demeter and Persephone, this you know, the mother-daughter goddesses. so, this myth is about um, Demeter and Persephone Persephone is abducted into the underworld by Hades and has to stay in the underworld for part of the year. Uh, her mother grieves and searches for her and demands for her return and ultimately, Persephone is returned. Mm-hmm. Um, the pomegranate is in that myth and that um, she eats some seeds before she comes back, and that kind of changes the rules for her so. We really connected with that myth, and it became a framework for our book, those universal themes of loss, search, and return. Um, you know, our, our book follows those themes, and it seems that our relationship was following that theme and that we seemed estranged from one another, lost to mm. one another, mm. and we found our way back to one another. Um, and the relationship was, was, was different after that. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, Ann, you mentioned Greece, and I know it features prominently in the book, and you started your quest in Greece in 1998 and returned there in 2000. You've got a special affinity, it seems, for Greece. What is it about Greece that touches you?
4: Well, um, I, I definitely have a special affinity for Greece. And I, I first went there on a college trip um, when I was, I was a junior in college, and um, I, I had my boyfriend of four years had just broken up with me. And if you can imagine this, I was crying on the phone to my mother saying I didn't want to go. Um, and she quickly told me, um, I would rethink that. I think you'll regret it if you don't go. Um, so I went, and um, I, I fell in love with everything about it, you know, the, the history and the art and the myths. And the, the place itself is, is quite beautiful, um, but it, it was actually um, the goddess Athena, who's everywhere in Greece and particularly in Athens. Um, it, was, it seemed to be her qualities and attributes that I really connected with because they were the ones I most needed to find in myself, um, some courage and, and bravery and a sense of self-belonging. And I think following that uh, rejection, you know, from my from my boyfriend, I, I was able to to realize I, I don't ever want to lose myself in a relationship like that again. Um, so that was a very powerful experience for me that happened there. And, um, you know, that stayed with me. And I think that becomes all tied up with the place, you know, the experience you have becomes tied up with the place itself.
1: Mm-hmm. I think we just heard a lot of our female listeners saying amen, sister, <laughs> to you. Um, there, there's there's uh, There's a lot of uh, us who, uh, who who have gone through that and, and, and really, you know, discovered how important it is to, to maintain who we are and, and not lose ourselves in anything. Um, the loss of a job, the loss of a relationship, uh, nothing. And congrats, Anne, on, you know, on that discovery. I mean, that's, that's a huge step. You know, I, I'm hoping that our, our listeners who are tuned in, that resonates with them.
0: Now, Sue, I'd like to circle back to you as we talk about traveling with pomegranates. The book is a travel story, spiritual quest, and exploration of, uh, of a lot of uh, feminine issues. Talk to us about this and tell us what crossroads you were facing in particular when you took the trip and decided to embark on writing this book.
2: Well, the interesting thing for me was that, um, you know, I had so much to reinvent, as I suggested about myself, but um, I had sort of lost touch with my daughter completely. Uh, Mm. She had turned into this young woman I didn't even know, and we had very little communication going on since she had been away at college. So when Ann and I went away, this uh, story becomes very layered. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's not just a travel book, uh, not just a story of the places we visited, which is certainly in there, but a lot of people read this as a mother-daughter story, uh, the evolving story of rediscovery on this completely new place in, in, uh, where you're not just the mommy of a little girl anymore. You're the mommy of an adult young woman. And how do you navigate that? And then it was also another whole layer of this transition into older womanhood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I I was feeling some loss about that. That wasn't cool. But everybody was supposed to celebrate turning 50. You know, we jump off bridges with bungee cords and, and we die and You know, there are all these ways of celebrating turning 50 and even, like, going off to Greece. And I think what we're really looking for in this year is some sort of initiation into a new uh, odyssey that our soul wants to take, and this really is something that we don't talk a lot about, that there is really a sense of loss involved, but there is also a whole new renaissance out there that we can discover as older women, and uh, sometimes we can't find that renaissance, it seems, unless we can acknowledge, honestly, that there is some loss involved, that we do leave some things behind, actually, Mm -hmm. and instead of clinging to what was and our youth and how it used to be... Um, I wasn't really interested in that. I mean, of course, uh, it was hard not to do, but my mind kept saying, all right, you really, this is about a whole other kind of journey of the soul. It's a deeper journey than just the physicality of this experience of turning 50. You really want to go on this odyssey of soul and find this renaissance with all its new creative life, its new spirituality, this uh, new woman you can be, Mm -hmm. and there is a flourishing in that for women. So I'm trying to sort of navigate those places in the soul as I went through
1: Sue, in talking about the the chapters in your book, you start with loss, a chapter entitled Loss, uh, which takes you through Greece and Turkey and back home to South Carolina, and then search which takes you to France and back home, and then return, which takes you back to Greece. Uh, so the, the the chapter of loss, you know, I wanted to ask you to take us through some of these chapters. And I think you may have just actually described that. You, both you and Anne, um, from my understanding, experienced a sense of loss, you know, and with the loss of uh, your boyfriend and Sue with the loss of the the previous years of your life in in some ways, but but loss actually seems like uh, it turned into a chapter uh, about gain gained new perspectives even during the time that you were losing it, yourselves and in in your ideals. It, is that a Correct description. Sue, would you say?
2: Well, I would. I think that um, we both found ourselves unexpectedly when we were over there, grappling with all these losses. It's as if they rose to the surface somehow when we were out of our, you know, rut and our familiar pattern. And you're plunged in a new place. You began to experience and see things outside of that old familiarity, and we we were aware. That there was a, a sense of loss in both of us. Now Anne's loss, um, m- much more profound loss for Anne, was that she had uh, experienced a rejection from graduate school, which w- she had her heart set on this particular mm-hmm. program, and she had just been rejected, and she was in a feeling bitter disappointment about that. And this rejection from both her boyfriend and and graduate school coming together. I think became sort of a self-rejection for Anne is the way she's described it in the book Mm -hmm. and so we both had a lot of loss going on here but you know the thing about that is that they become these little metaphorically speaking these little mini deaths so that we can be reborn into something new
3: Mm -hmm. and and you
2: you can really reflect and come to terms with all of this and acknowledge it and let's it work its way through your system, so to speak, in a good conscious way, then you really can go on to this new life, new flourishing, new places that we describe in this second part of the book.
0: And part of this journey with this book has been revisiting some difficult chapters from some time ago in uh, your life and I'm sure looking retrospectively back at that chapter in uh, your life you had to deal and confront a lot of pain and a lot of those issues that may have been very challenging to deal with how hard was it to take those feelings and those thoughts and put it into words in this book?
4: Well I think um, what I had going for me on that front was that I had never written a book before um, and I, I knew one way to do it, which was to be <laughs> brutally honest about it. Um, and then, you know, it's not until later that you go, "Wow, did I, did I really say all that?" Um, but I certainly don't have any regrets about what I wrote. Um, but you know, it could be painful at times. We, not just revisiting that, but. Um, you know, going back into my journal, you know, we both used our journals um, extensively in, in writing this book, and going back into our journals to, um, you know, those exact moments of, of that of that depression um, and, and, and exploring that all over again. You know, sometimes I leave my desk after, after sitting with all of that for quite a while and just needing to shake it off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think... All of that exploration, um, you know, I hope served the story well. Um, so, you know, it, there were great moments of, of joy as well, and, and I really loved reliving all of that, the, the dancing especially.
0: When we return, more with Susan Monk Kidd and Ann Kidd-Taylor as World Footprints Radio continues.
1: Hi, my name is Marcia Eleccion, and I'm talking to you from Vancouver right now. I am originally from Brooklyn, New York. I've been living in Vancouver for about 20 years, and I love World Footprints Radio.
2: Hi, this is Paul McCartney
4: on behalf of Rad. If you're drinking, you can't drive my car or
0: any car. And remember, don't drink and drive. It's just not worth it.
5: public service announcement brought to you by the U.S.
2: Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council.
0: At least one in four businesses affected by a disaster, whether it's man-made or natural, never reopen.
2: Can you sign this for me, please? Yet
0: too many owners put off their company's disaster plan because they let too many day-to-day things get in the way. Fine. No message. Heavy fire showing from the ninth floor, second alarm being... Disasters are unpredictable, so visit ready.gov to make your company's disaster plan. Ready.gov, it's never too late to protect your business until it is. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council.
4: Hi, my name is Elaine, and I'm from California, and I like World Footprints Radio.
0: And now, more of World Footprints Radio with your hosts, Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick.
1: Welcome back, here's more of our conversation with Sue Monk Kidd and Ann Kidd-Taylor.
0: Part of this journey that took you through Greece, Turkey and France, clearly you you two traveled together, talk about that experience and some of the transformations that each of you experienced uh, individually and collectively as uh, you journeyed through uh, Europe.
2: I think one of the large uh, transformations for me was creatively. Um, As I said, I was in this creative vacuum when I left on the trips, and three years later, um, at the end of Traveling with Pomegranates, um, I had just sent off my first novel, uh, The Secret Life of Bees. So it really does cover this span of time when I'm trying to gather the clarity to write fiction, to become a novelist, which had been a dream of mine for a long time, which I had not acted on. And it became a time when I could grow this little seed of an idea inside and get the courage to actually write it. Mm
3: -hmm. You know, I
2: was waffling around, I'm embarrassed to say, about the courage, which creatively, uh, I, I think it's mostly about courage when you write. You know, you've got to have something to say and you've got to have some ability to say it, but it really is all about courage the courage to write, to be authentic, to have your voice, to be audible in the world. And I was really groping for that at this moment because it was dawning to me. Um, so this travel that we were doing together became a vast possibility, a really extravagant possibility for me to to do this.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Sue, where, where were you actually when you had your epiphany or when, you know, you, the, the, the storyline for bees really came together. Was there a particular country that you traveled to during that two-period time that, that really offered this transformative experience for you, or was it collectively?
2: Right. There were numerous times, of course, that, um, that came together to help. I had one real epiphany in Turkey. We visited the, ho- the so-called house uh, where Mary lived, the mother of Jesus, and um, it, it's a quiet little spot on a mountain top in, t- in Turkey near Ephesus, and we were there. And uh, uh, oddly, a honeybee landed on my shoulder while we were there and sort of stayed with me, kind of adopted me. It was very bizarre. <laughs> you know, I remember how very funny that was, and yet somehow metaphoric of exactly what I needed. You know, I, I don't propose to understand these little moments and coincidences in life, but I, I was there really trying to find the courage to write The Secret Life of These and um, that little epiphany, I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to go home and write this book. So we never know what what little moment can galvanize us in that way. So I remember that in particular, and I also remember going into sanctuaries and cathedrals and grottoes, encountering these black-faced Madonnas mm-hmm. that were so amazing, these icons that I had never seen before. And, and then she turned up in The Secret Life of Bees as well, got herself a very prominent part in it, actually. And <laughs> um, oh, I think these things all fed into this... Uh, Novel that I was
1: going to write. Wow, I I I love the story about the little bee. I mean, you how inspiring! And I I have chill bumps, um, you know, hearing hearing that story and knowing that. You know, a lot of times when when you when you're able to kind of quiet your mind and get rid of the mind clutter, answers will come to you. And look, to me, that was that was a sign. Um, to you, you know, the little bee coming to you at, at the place where you were, um, that is just a beautiful story. And, and I thank you for sharing that with us.
2: You know, I, life can be very eloquent sometimes. And if we can just, like you said, pause, we can hear life saying all kinds of things to us.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And the biggest challenge is keeping, keeping the mind quiet, just being still enough to hear, to hear the answers come. And the 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 bond between um, women is is really essential to our health and well being. And the mother daughter bond is probably one of the deepest relationships we can have. But many experience a fear of reaching the type of intimacy you two experience, particularly as we we grow older, um, and we become, as Sue mentioned earlier, you know, just different individual um, people. That, that coming together again and, and experiencing that 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 emotional intimacy is is kind of frightening and I'm just wondering what advice you would give to other mothers and daughters who desire to develop a stronger relationship with each other and use travel as a means of you know discovery and and, and to achieve intimacy yeah um,
4: well I, I think one one thing I learned, um, particularly when I was talking to my mom about my depression for the first time, which was something that um, I, I held inside and, and barely wanted to admit to myself, um, but what I learned from opening up to my mom about that depression and kind of admitting you know, your very worst fears and your very worst things about yourself um, was that it t- I learned it takes a great deal of, of vulnerability mm-hmm. um, and honesty um and and it could be it could be hard, and I think it, it was scary, but you know what I was not expecting that it was that kind of um admission and, and vulnerability that led us to um you know create this flow of communication back and forth um but I think it's the you know the cornerstone of our relationship is has got to be it has to be respect um you know, we are we're, we're different people. We have different writing styles, and I mean, I, I think um, we are we are a lot alike in, in many ways. Um, but we have a great deal of respect for one another, and you know, we, we, we love each other. We like each other a lot too, and you know, all of that um, all of that's very important. So, I would say, allow yourself to be to be vulnerable, and um, you know, some amazing things can evolve in a relationship once you, once you do that.
1: And Sue, do you have any practical travel advice for groups of friends traveling together or mothers and daughters um, interested in traveling together? Are there best practices, uh, travel practices that you guys uncovered when you were uh, going going through Europe?
2: Well, you know, there's nothing like uh, a group of women traveling together. <laughs> it, it can be a great deal of fun. And uh, Ann and I also, when we were traveling, just the two of us, we laughed a lot, I and mean, we had some hilarious encounters and things that struck us very funny, as well as moments of, um, of tears and, as Ann was describing, vulnerability and struggle. So, you know, it ran the whole gamut, and I would say just um, don't over-program your trip. Allow yourself to have a lot of space and time and spontaneity and flexibility so that you actually can have these moments together when you can laugh and cry and talk so that, uh, you know, we can distract ourselves by our agendas, but sometimes when the agenda ceases is when everything really happens. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. And then you really do need to program a little time for you to have for yourself so that you're not uh, overly together. And Ann and I, you know, we both seem to like a lot of the same things. But also, some mothers and may and daughters may um, have different desires and tastes of how to, you know, spend their time. So I would say make sure you both get to do some things you really love to do, and um, always have your pajama party at the end of the day, <laughs> and uh, we you know, cuddle up um, on your respective beds with your journals and talk about your day and reflect and laugh and. Just give yourself a lot of time, and not just to talk, but to listen, and sort of let go mm-hmm. of um, of where of how you've done it before, and let new things evolve. So that was things that we had to learn as we went along. We didn't, you know, I didn't know all of this, and I as. When I set out, I had to struggle to figure out a lot of
1: this. As you kind of go along, yeah. But that that alone time, even during that trip, I, I know is is uh, very critical. Having traveled with. Uh, um, well, I travel with my husband all the time now, but um, but having traveled with, with friends before. Now, Sue, do you have any advice for the aspiring author? I mean, you, you've, you've had so much acclaim You're, with your book, Dance of the Dissonant Daughter. The Mermaid Chair actually hit the uh, number one spot on the New York Times bestseller list as well for uh, hardcover you you went through you had uh, you had you know creative block at that time but um, you know fear I think uh, as you mentioned really blocks uh, a lot of uh, creative juices and so what would you what would you say to the to the aspiring author out there. Well,
2: I would first of all say, you know, if, if this is um, the impulse of your heart, then um, I would be very dogged about it and follow that impulse, um, and I would study very hard. I would work very hard, read a lot, and uh, of course, the most important thing a writer can do is write. There's no substitute for being an apprentice and learning your craft and your art, and really writing and writing and writing and learning from that. Um, so develop your voice. But, you know, it really can come down to this act of courage. Creativity is the is an act of, of courage, ultimately, of being able to put ourselves out there. So don't be afraid to do that. There is some um, so-called rejection, but you sh- I guess we need to reframe that and think of it as ways of of, of just learning and and strive for a lot of excellence and um, stay with it and don't get discouraged and just be very audacious about it.
1: And Anne, you guys have several book signings coming in the next uh, few weeks. How can listeners find out where you'll be and when will you come to Washington, D.C.? I don't see that on the schedule.
4: Um, Well, I would love to come back to Washington, D.C. Um, I love visiting there, um, but you're right. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's on the paperback tour. Um, I, I do think that both of the book tour um, or all of the book tour events are on both of our websites, uh, sumakid.com and ankidtaylor.com. Um, And people can go and check and find out um, all the places we're going to be.
1: Great. Well, the book is called Traveling with Pomegranates, A Mother-Daughter Journey to the Sacred Places of Greece, Turkey, and France. Sue and Anne, thank you so much for joining us today on World Footprints Radio.
2: It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
0: After the break, travel expert and award-winning author Mary Beth Bond talks about the world of women's travel next on World Footprints Radio.
1: Hi. I'm Patricia Elsie from Mother's Restaurant, and I'm sitting here with the famous World Footprints Radio Group, Tanya and Ian, and they love our cooking. She got shrimp creole. He got a breakfast special, scrambling cheese. And Ian got the scrambled breakfast out in and hand. And he really enjoyed it. I love it.
5: I want to change some things. I want to help more kids graduate from high school.
0: I want more of my neighbors to have access to health
2: care. I want to change what I see around here. United Way is creating real, lasting change where you live by focusing on the building blocks of a better life, education, income, and health.
5: I just want to see more smiles on my sidewalks.
2: Give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. For more, visit United Way at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council.
3: What would happen if you didn't follow the established path? Would you feel scared or proud? Could you explain that helping the people of Peru improve their own community would also have an effect on your own? Would you rather make your own way or spend a lifetime saying, what if?
5: Life is calling. How far will you go? Peace Corps. To find out more, call 1-800-424-8580. Or go to peacecorps.gov. Hi, my name's Catherine, from France, and I love listening to World Footprints Radio.
0: And now, more of World Footprints Radio, with your hosts, Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick.
1: Mary Beth Bond is a women's travel expert and award-winning author of several National Geographic books, including 50 Best Girlfriend Getaways, Gutsy women and best girlfriend getaways worldwide, and she joins us today to talk to us and give us some girlfriend getaway tips and uh, talk about uh, some new travel trends among women. Mary Beth, welcome to her show.
5: Oh, thank you. I'm so pleased to be with you.
1: Well, we're always happy to have an old friend here. Um, now. I want to talk about some of the the your 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 uh, your girlfriend getaways books, but also some of the developing trends. What new trends are developing where women's travel is concerned?
5: Well, um, you know, with the recent book and Julia Roberts movie, etc., Love, Pray, we see lots of women interested in transformational travel or traveling on their own. But this has been happening for probably about. Well, forever, but it has really started to explode in the last two decades. And um, women make up 80% of all travel decisions, regardless of who goes, whether she's going with someone else or with a girlfriend or alone and where she's going or who pays for the trip. We're going on our own because Mm -hmm. we have more disposable income, and, um, you know, we see the example around us. And uh, women-only tra- women travel companies are exploding. There's been a 300% increase in My the last goodness. 12 years. So pe- women are going alone. They're going with other women, uh, you know, on organized trips. That means that if you don't have a partner or you don't have a girlfriend or whatever, you can still travel. And... Uh, once a woman travels by herself or with a girlfriend or a sister or mother, it's just the tip of the iceberg. They want to go again and again and again. Mm-hmm. So we women are fueling uh, the travel industry. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they know
1: it's a pocketbook issue. We've got money and we're spending it. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, uh, that aside, I mean, the relationship between women uh, has always been special. And, you know, there are times I talk about with my girlfriends, we need some G-time we need some girlfriend time you know and 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 there's times that that you, you know we as women just really need that bonding and um, that you know emotional connectivity and and it's Absolutely. very it's very healing and you know and, and 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 scientifically founded you know it's a very healing experience a uh, relationship but talk about the dynamics of female relationships and why travel with other female counterparts offer such transformative um, and and insightful experiences?
5: Um, You know, you think, well, I have a girlfriend night. I have a girlfriend's night out. That'll do it. You know, or I have a, a women's book club. I get together with my girlfriends. But it is totally different to go away overnight. Um, Yes, when we go with our girlfriends and we leave behind our significant others, the kids, all the chores of home, we have no responsibility except to ourselves. That is so liberating, and women understand each other. I mean, when you go away for a night or a weekend with another woman, and I've done this all my life with my mother, who is now 92, with my sisters, with my daughters, who are each uh, in college, what you find is that you spend time, you laugh together, you cry together, you talk about the good stuff and the bad stuff. And you keep picking up strains of conversation as you're together more time. Mm-hmm. So you go deeper and deeper. So it is really healing. I mean, you will it's like a, a girlfriend slumber party. You will laugh until your cheeks ache, but you'll, you'll, you'll be a kid again. It's relaxing. You have a sense of freedom. You know what else? In our lives, we're so serious and we multitask so much. What happened to the wacky fun of being a kid? You're lying <laughs> on the grass, smelling fresh-cut grass, and watching the clouds go by. Mm-hmm. When you're with girlfriends for a period of time, you know, when the shopping's done and the, the, the yak, 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 you'll have quiet times like that that will take you back mm-hmm. to the nirvana of youth, being carefree, responsible for no one. It's just so amazing to be with a group of women. Sitting at a table, you know, eating, and one of them says, would anyone like some more iced tea? Someone wait on you, someone to care about you. <laughs> so, so it is rejuvenating, but also we share so much mm-hmm. that we really don't, don't talk about often. We share, you know, all of our vulnerabilities of being a woman our problems in the workplace, our problems with children. As we reach mid-age, we are pulled from both sides, young children and aging parents.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: We, we, we share and we help heal each other by talking out these things. I have a chapter in, in both my Girlfriend Getaway books. It's they're, they're not traditional books, but I have a chapter, Best Places to Heal When You've Been Dumped. Ooh. And The idea is that when you've been dumped by life, you've, you know, of course you think, okay, you know, it didn't work out with a man or it's a divorce. What about losing your job? What about recovering from a bout of cancer? Mm -hmm. When you feel like you've been dumped by life, where do you go for um, comfort and rejuvenation? It won't work going to a big city with girlfriends. It's too busy. Mm -hmm. you know and so I, I tell places and why and how we help heal each other you know when you have a set of four women you can retell your story to each one in a different way and it's like having four therapists and if you're going to travel with girlfriends it means that you're close enough that they want to hear and as women we really listen to each other
1: yes yeah we do
0: now mary beth uh, as 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 the guy here on this conversation, and uh, w- want to try to perhaps uh, uh, get some insights that might be helpful to uh, all travelers uh, uh, you know with this growing interest in women 's travel and some of the things that you 've talked about in terms of the experiences, what do you think men are perhaps missing out on about about that experience and What, perhaps, could guys learn, uh, perhaps, in terms of wanting to travel or wanting to travel with their significant others uh, through uh, some of the things that you've been researching?
5: Well, just because I'm talking about girlfriends getting away does not mean that um, uh, men don't have their getaways, too. (laughs) Groups of men have traditionally taken off, too fish or canoe mm-hmm. or golf or hunt together,
3: mm-hmm. and
5: most of the, you know, the, the, um, the women who have a partner in their life take a girlfriend getaway, but it does not mean that she's not also traveling with the man or mm-hmm. partner in her life. However, um, you know, men's vacations or men's getaways usually uh, center around ath- athletics, mm-hmm. and so from the very beginning, there's a competitive essence here. And, um, you know, in fact, several years ago, a few hotels thought that they'd catch up with the women's getaways and girlfriend getaways, so they started offering men's packages. Uh Now, of course, I follow the trend because I've written so many books uh, about uh, uh, women travel, and this is what some of the hotels offered. Uh, They said that men want penthouse rooms, they want poker parties, they want hand-rolled cigars, sports tickets, <laughs> butler service and one package even offered the option to rent luxury flashy cars like a Porsche or a Lamborghini. Hmm. Now does this sound like a good time to women? Well, yeah. <laughs> women, women want you know, I well, they may not I don't think that they want to uh, they may play poker etc but, but usually they're watching the purse string. They just want to be together, well, I, I, Women want to be together and the difference of what women do and men do In life, you know, I I really believe one is from Mars, the other is Mm -hmm. from Venus. Women talk feelings; Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
5: men talk business, and and there is a little, uh, a little, sometimes a little edge of competition, which. Prevents you from going really deeply and being vulnerable. Women yeah. allow themselves to be vulnerable with each other.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, am um, <laughs> what appealed to me about the the men's holiday were the flashy cars. I, I would love to share uh, and, and have a, an introspective conversation with my girlfriend, driving down um, the roads in Monaco in a nice, you know, Ferrari or Aston Martin or Maybach or something of that sort. I, I I'm a car geek. So.
5: <laughs> you know, that is a wonderful dream. <laughs> <laughs> and it should be in your bucket list. But you know what's more attainable? It's, you know, uh, you you are going to see the leaves, uh, peak at the, the fall leaves in New England. Yes. Or you want to drive the coast of California rent a mustang convertible with a girlfriend oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> More affordable more possible and then keep putting your pennies away for the lamborghini <laughs> on the <Côte> d'Azur.
1: <laughs> that, that 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 sounds like a a must do list for me so <laughs> i'm gonna start planning for that
5: that bucket list well you know i've traveled in all combinations and it and i've written about my travel as it's developed um first uh you know uh alone, because I didn't have a partner. And uh, I traveled around the world alone for two years.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh,
5: You know, my story uh, was not exactly like Eat, Love, Pray. I had a lot of introspection, etc., but I met a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Now, the next part was, you know, being married and traveling with my partner and then family. So I wrote about family travel, and then the kids left. So it's girlfriend getaways again. And um, uh, I just encourage every woman if she has a daughter or a sister or a mom, to take one trip with them. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it can be a one-nighter, but something special, because those memories uh, make the years stand out, and it does allow you a chance to listen, hear, and take your relationship one step deeper.
1: Well, you know, speaking, speaking of that, I know in your Girlfriend Getaways books, you've actually interviewed hundreds of women of different age groups, you know, a lot of intergenerational um, <clears throat> uh, interviews, and, um, and women of different cultural backgrounds. And I'm going to ask you if, if there was one or two stories that really stood out to you um, during the course of your interviews that you can share.
5: Oh, gee. You know, I have a whole chapter, Female Family Bonding, and it's about sisters, mother, daughters. What would you like? I have so many stories. Well, a mother-daughter story, a sister story. Well, one,
1: one that, that really touched you, one that you remember and, and really resonated with you. Um,
5: well, I'll do one that uh, is probably possible for everyone. And um, it was a, a, a Julie story. Uh, and Julie said that her mother had always wanted to go to New York City. The big apple. Mm-hmm. And so this is really sweet. The whole family for Christmas chipped in and, and, uh, helped to do a trip for two sisters and the mom. The guys, you know, the sons didn't want to go, but even the grandchildren also gave her something. One of the grandchildren, he loved vegetarian food, so he was a vegetarian, so he found a vegetarian restaurant in New York and got a gift certificate for her. And they decided to go before the holidays to see all the lights and the decorations. So the two sisters and the daughter-in-law took her there. And he, here's a good tip. Instead of staying in a hotel, they rented an apartment. It had two bedrooms, a pull-out couch, a little kitchen, but they were able that way to have a piet-a-terre and take Mom back to the apartment in the afternoon for rest. But, boy, were they wrong, Julie said. She wanted to be on the go lots and lots <laughs> all the time. And she was in her 80s, and um, everyone at Christmas gave her an apple and a gift certificate to something in the Big Apple. Oh. One son gave her a carriage ride in Central Park. You know, everyone had their chance to get involved Mm -hmm. and to chip in on the cost. Now, um, it, it was a gift that, as Julie said, it was such a gift to have my mom so open physically and mentally in shape and so much fun to be with her. We laughed a lot. Now, and then what they did for her next uh, birthday is that they made a scrapbook for mm. her with the ticket stubs and the photos, and it was a wonderful way to capture it for everyone. Th- this is very doable for anyone, and that that's why I chose that particular story. I mean, I have stories that are... More touching the mother-daughter that had lost two family members, a husband and a, and a son, in one year. Mm. And to heal the mother and daughter, this is, they went to northern Minneapolis to teach the Hmong people. They mm-hmm. did a week of volunteer work. And this jump-started their own healing and helped them through their own mourning.
1: Mm.
5: Now, what a novel idea. What
1: a beautiful Instead thing. Instead of
5: going to a spa going and doing a week of volunteer work. So the gamut of possibilities is out there, from going to New York City to spending a week in the USA tutoring children with your daughter. What an example.
0: We'll have more with Mary Beth Bond when World Footprints Radio continues after the break. Hi, this is James Kay from Los Angeles, California. And I just want to say I've traveled all over the world. But whenever I come back home... I always tune in to World Footprints Radio.
3: Destination Imagination is an extraordinary after-school
1: program in creativity and teamwork for every child. In fact, Destination Imagination could be the most important journey your kid makes this year or any year.
0: Parents and teachers, start a Destination Imagination team by calling 888-321-1503 or visit
1: DestinationImagination.org. That's DestinationImagination.org.
4: You're gonna fly Hi everyone, this is Reba McIntyre for RAD. You know, I see a lot of funny things traveling all over this beautiful country of ours, but one thing that's not very funny is when someone gets in a car trying to drive when they're drunk. Take their keys away from them because friends don't let friends drive drunk.
2: Public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council.
1: Aloha! This is Danielle, Caleb, Mika, Colin from Honolulu, Hawaii. We, we love, love World Footprints, Footprints Radio.
3: Radio.
0: You're listening to World Footprints Radio, awarded as the best travel audio podcast by the North American Travel Journalists Association. Here's Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick.
1: Welcome back. Here's more of our Girlfriends Getaway conversation with Mary Beth Bond.
0: And speaking of things such as volunteerism and even spa vacations and destinations, whether it's New York City or someplace warm, what sorts of things are you seeing that are trending uh, uh, positively in terms of women's travel in terms of the types of things they're looking to do and some of the places that they're looking to go.
5: Well, right now, because of our economy, women are staying in the USA. They're not traveling as much overseas. And, um, but women, we are the nurturers of the earth, meaning we're very conservation-oriented. And um, we, we like being outside. We like to be in nature. So in addition to spas, of course, we like that time off and we like to be pampered, but many women don't, or they don't care, and they go to nature. I can tell you, every summer I hike with a group of women, the high camps. So they are tented camps, and we have to carry our, you know, just our clothes from camp to camp in the high Sierras above Yosemite. The camps are 80% filled with women. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Women love going with each other to nature. The other thing is women love to volunteer. You know, we are the nurturers of the world. So you're seeing more and more women volunteering, and this can be um, in doing a walk for a cause, but also spending a night before and a night after to celebrate. A whole group of girlfriends, the book club, you know, the friends from uh, Lama's class, from uh, the play group. All the women are getting together and doing something that is above and beyond themselves and hunting for opportunities to do this not too far from home and on a long weekend
1: well it, you the know other- that that raises um <clears throat> that raises a question for me I talk uh, I want you to share with our audience the the bond girls' bike ride because that wasn 't a weekend venture and it wasn 't close to home but it, uh, what you guys did on your cross country bike ride was very philanthropic and I just want you to share what that was uh, how what that was for you guys you know how that experience Um, felt for you and uh, in in your achievements? Well, um,
5: a year ago at this time, it was just a dream, just an idea. My daughter came to me, and people say, Why? Why would you bike 3,000 miles across (laughs) the country? And my answer is, my daughter asked me. Mm. She came to me with an idea and a dream, and we looked into the cost of it, and I figured out a way. We found a sponsor, and we found a cause. We wanted to do it for something bigger than ourselves. So the Bond Girls Bike America, that's the <laughs> website with all of our blogs and everything, we, uh, we joined forces with, or, or we did it as uh, for the National Osteoporosis Foundation, for osteoporosis for bone health. Because mm-hmm. I've lost an inch and a half. My sisters, my mother have. an osteoporosis is certainly something that affects every mother and every daughter. And, um, you know, it starts at age 18 when you've gotten all your bone mass for mm-hmm. life and um so we decided we'd bike across america and we bought the bike maps and we headed out and we were not with a big group uh we had uh, my daughter's best friend who drove an rv and the three of us blogged every night and um we had a facebook page uh facebook you know backslash total Serial, where we put up pictures and we put up uh everything and we raised fifty two thousand dollars Wow. Just the three of us. And, you know, it just shows you can make your dreams come true, and you can do extraordinary things. Now, I will never again have two months with my daughter. Mm-hmm. I will never again do that trip. It was so hard.
1: <laughs> but, but the Bond girls <laughs> but bonded. What a
5: feeling of accomplishment. And we did it all. We had our together time. We really accomplished something that for us it was a life-changing tip, trip. It was life-affirming. And we did something for lots of other people. Mm -hmm. You know, we we reached out, we talked, we blogged, we communicated with women all summer. Women who, you know, a, a girl 16 who has adolescent osteoporosis. I've never heard of that. Mm. Um, so in your own little way or with someone you really you know love, you can spend a, a good deal of time and accomplish something very big.
0: Mm. Now, Mary Beth, you mentioned at the outset that uh, women make 80% of the travel decisions, and I recently heard on CNBC that uh, in this one study, 92% of travel buying uh, made by women. Talk to us about uh, how women are changing what the travel industry is doing in terms of how they best serve women in this uh, marketplace in which they are the driving force.
5: Uh, well, women are, are you know, the, the economic engine of the travel industry. When I say, you know, when they say 92% of travel buying is done by women. Now, remember, this is also regardless of who travels. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, a multi-generational trip where grandma's buying the trip and it, and 18 people are going on the cruise.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, it, it could be um, mom buying all the travel gear before they go. It could be a woman buying for, you know, a couple. Doesn't mean that 92% of travelers are women, but they are buying. It's done by women. So advertising, etc. is geared to women as I mentioned earlier, hotels offer girlfriend getaway packages, but also, you know, um, they're looking at what are the buying motivators for women, All right, Number one, safety, like at, even at a theme park, safety for your child, mm-hmm. if you're going as a family, safety for a woman. Another one is value, and women see value in in a very unique way, we. Uh, this gets into a big long issue, but uh, we perceive value not just money. We're willing to spend the money if we feel we're getting what you know we want. Um, and uh, so the travel industry is trying to discover what these things are and how to hit women without being condescending. Mm-hmm. Pink is passe. To us, that's a smack in the face.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the new color is red, bold red, or blue. Or, or
5: purple. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right. So uh, it is very interesting. I have been on numerous boards for women uh, from um, at Kempton Hotels to uh, um, uh, at Hilton Garden Inn to um, uh, other boards that I have uh, worked with, Wyndham Hotels that all, you know, Target women have sections on their websites, offer special packages. What do moms want in a hotel stay mm-hmm. you know, it 's a fully cooked breakfast for the kids they don't want the, the all, you know three sweet pastries and you know and, and head out the door they 'd rather have a full breakfast with some protein and then and then the kids are fine for well so they 're looking into everything that women want, mm-hmm. and um, those amenities will be the perceived value so women. Stand up and ask for what you want. You know, I would never accept a
1: table by the door to
5: the kitchen. <laughs>
1: Amen, amen to that. <laughs> now, now, Mary Beth, you're scheduled to appear on the Oprah uh, Radio Show in October to discuss sex and romance on the road. And I did, I did it. Oh, you've done it already. Yes, I've done that. Uh huh. Oh, okay. I was going to ask her where, because I, I know you were looking for stories. Um, so I was going to ask our audience where they could contribute. But tell us about tell us about that radio interview then, and. and and, and, and uh, uh, some of the uh, uh, the uh, the research uh, <laughs> the research you uncovered. Well, I didn't have to do any research. You know, women love to tell these stories.
5: <laughs> <laughs> but the um, when I talked about sex and romance on the road, I also talked about you know rejuvenating your own relationship. It was much wider a, a topic than you know going out and hunting for it or it happening. Um, but, uh, I know that you two met on the road mm-hmm. and I met my husband traveling. I met my American husband, uh, in Kathmandu. Wow. <laughs> and a year after we met, we were married. So travel is basic to us, but when you travel, they say, you know, if you want to meet someone, do what you love and you'll meet someone who's also doing that. At mm-hmm. least that's what I say in, in my book. But, uh, um, uh, so I talk about the expanded issue of going on the road and, and, you know, and having romance either with some, you know, with your loved one or meeting someone. And then I talk about the safety tips
3: mm-hmm. when
5: you're on the road. and And that gets to be quite important when it's young people. You know, so many college students and young people now are going to Europe. And they travel, you know, or, or to South American countries and places where, um, you know, a smile and a look in the eye it, it means something completely different than in our culture. Mm-hmm. Or dressing a way that would be very fashionable in one of our metropolitan cities gives a message that is very provocative in another culture. I, I talked about the date rape drug. I talked about bar behavior. You know, you always have a buddy when you go to uh, a bar, and um, you don't leave alone. You always stay with person. So I talked about a lot of safety tips, which has to do with just women traveling overseas and how some American women are, are perceived in another country that might lead to misunderstanding.
1: Now, is, uh, is, will this turn into a new book, do you think? Or is there a book in the works uh, along this, uh, this subject line? Well, I'm going
5: to be doing, I hope, another book for National Geographic. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it because I haven't quite signed the contract yet. Gotcha. <laughs> but uh, I can tell you that on my website, Gutsy Traveler, I have travel tips, and I have a lot of tips on safety, and I go into all those issues. Even even the issue of you know uh, I, I saw a study of, uh, you know done of rapists in in jail and what they look for
3: mm. you
5: know so when you go to your car in a dark parking lot tonight you know what you can do to maximize your safety
3: mm-hmm.
5: you know you have the key ready beforehand if you have a ponytail it's tucked up underneath you know you look around etc 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 so I have a lot of good safety tips on my website gutsy traveler. So there you go. Women can go there and tips on solo travel and how to get going and how to get started because there's no reason to stay home because you don't have a travel partner.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you meet some of the best people. Actually, when traveling uh, alone, whether or not you have a partner, at least I have in my travels. Um, But uh, Mary Beth Bond, thank you so much for joining us today on World Footprints Radio. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, people can learn more about your tips uh, by going to gutsytraveler.com.
5: Yeah, and my books are available there, too. (laughs)
1: Lovely. Well, thank you so much for joining us, my dear. Thank you. Happy travels we hope you enjoyed our show today we always look forward to spending quality travel time with you and to connecting with you during the week on all of our social networks and our mobile platform Stitcher so follow us there and sign up for our newsletter and check out our travel deals at worldfootprints.com we're Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick and we'll see you on the air again next week same time same frequency and until then we wish you blue skies and purposeful travel and travel that leaves positive footprints one
2: step at a time hi guys my name
5: is sandy Best, the sandy best from lake louise where's lake louise it's in alberta alberta's in canada banff national park natural beauty the only place you should go with is world footprints radio because they spend their time looking at those special places that are not tourist traps there are not thousands of people for the best on the planet go with world footprints radio
0: World Footprints Radio is a presentation of Travel and On Media Productions, LLC, all rights reserved.